Support for the Roster Watch podcast and for the Tradecast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ROSTERWATCH. This is Keenan Allen, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Welcome back, ladies and gents. Thanks so much for joining me again as we take a deep dive into the Week 10 fantasy football trade market. My name's Byron Lambert, and we've got a lot of business to handle this week. So step into my office for the Week 10 rosterwatch.com tradecast. We have a couple of weeks left here on the fantasy football trade market. And in some ways, I actually think that makes it easier to get deals done at this juncture of the season. Why, you might ask? Well, it's because the value on those deals doesn't have to be quite as precise. Winning teams are willing and able to overpay in order to arm up for the playoff race, while losing teams simply have no choice. They've run out of options. They have to make a good deal that helps them win now. That is, of course, unless they are of the chicken little variety who would rather go down in flames with all their good players, their best players, quote-unquote, rather than see somebody else in their league capitalize on those guys uh, down the stretch. Such a timid strategy, such a timid behavioral temperament, one we will never subscribe to at Roster Watch. Last week, we began discussing the late season level change that was occurring on the fantasy football trade market. Kind of big picture, we we like to discuss the level changes that take place over the course of the fantasy football season, over the course of the fantasy football trade market, and kind of changing gears at those level changes as they escalate over the course of the season. And what does that mean? That means ad- adapting our strategy and our tactics at the various junctures throughout the season to correspond with our objectives at that time because the season evolves. The season evolves and the strategies that we must exercise must also. These level changes are escalating rapidly into season with greater significance every week as the clock runs out on us to get our final and biggest deals done of the season in order to gear up for the playoff race. So last week's mandate that began and ended with only the teams of operating from a position of luxury undertaking this late season, beginning to undertake this late season season strategy, late season transformation to our starting lineup by taking the excellent quality of depth that we've accumulated over the course of the season and consolidating it into the absolutely best players in all of fantasy football and our starting lineup. That was a move last week that was still really only ripe for teams operating from a position of luxury. They got to kind of get a head start on switching gears into this late season trade strategy that's really geared towards improving 
maximizing, optimizing our starting lineups for the playoff race where our benches essentially no longer have much value to us and doesn't do us a whole lot of good to have really good players sitting on our bench. So that was that change in strategy was primarily uh, and exclusively for teams operating from a position of luxury last week. That mandate now extends to and includes competitive teams. Competitive teams and teams operating from a position of luxury. You guys are in full-blown late-season trade strategy at this point, which is the objective is to front-load our roster, our starting lineups, with into the most cartoonish set of playoff starters anybody's ever seen. You want QB1s, RB1s, running back ones, tight end ones, up and down that entire starting lineup in theory as we head into the playoffs. I Last week I characterized it as cartoonish. You almost want a cartoonish starting playoff roster because all of that depth on our bench does us no good in the fantasy football playoffs. If we've evaluated that we are still in the category of struggling teams on the playoff bubble, just trying to survive, trying to eke out some wins here to see if there's any way to slide up the rankings and pull out a miracle in order to get into our fantasy playoffs in a late season to run here, or maybe we're just right on the bubble and we're duking it out still every week right now in win mode, win now mode in order just to keep uh, our playoff hopes alive. Alive. If you've identified that you're one of these struggling or losing teams that's, that is struggling because you are thin in your starting lineup every week, and by thin, I mean you've identified that every single week you are rolling out two or three garbage players in your starting lineup, then you must stay in liquidation mode for at least one more week here. You are not ready to switch gears, to change levels in trade strategy uh, as the teams operating from a position of luxury have been for two weeks now and as the competitive teams aren't will now be doing this week. You are still in live-or-die, sudden-death mode, and you really have no choice but to, if you've identified that that is your situation, but to continue liquidating your sell-high players and some of your very best players, maybe some of who were on by this week, in order to uh, help you... Uh, get a win now. We want to target at this juncture in the season, at this juncture in the trade market, The what we want to do is we want to target the most elite fantasy players from losing teams, especially on those losing teams who are experiencing bi-week nightmares because we can afford to absorb their buys. Again, this is, of course, if we are oper- operating from a position of luxury, which has meant we are like a one, two lost team, maybe undefeated, and our bench is almost as stacked as our starting lineup. But for a competitive team that's just a notch below that, but still feeling very, very good about the quality of our lineup, top to bottom, our depth, and our position in the standings, we've now kind of slid into this group of fantasy owners who can really, really target elite, the elite fantasy players right now 
really across our league. But if you want to improve your chance of likelihood of getting actually getting something done and being efficient, this is definitely we want to target these super elite players on the losing teams right now, especially those guys who are experiencing big bye week issues. It's a way to get almost like an artificial discount on a player who otherwise uh, would come at a you know ultra premium because you are willing and able to absorb their buy. And by artificial discount, that may just mean the fact that they're even available in the first place in a trade discussion. It might not mean that you're getting some uh, deal to write home about. Because again, at this point of the season, this is where the the winning teams looking to front load their starting lineups for the playoff race, have the luxury to begin, quote-unquote, overpaying to some extent in these deals, which uh, we don't, we simply really don't have a problem with. So, again, when I say discount on a guy on a buy, that very much could be just making a player available that otherwise would never even be on, on the trade market in your league. Remember, the objective here is to build the most cartoonish, mega-starting lineup full of no-brainer, must-start players every week of the season, rest of the way. That is our objective here, ultimately, with our late-season trade strategy. So if you are targeting these elite players, that is uh, what we're attempting to do here. We want no-brainer, sits, just must-starts, absolute studs, rest of the way uh, here, if at all possible. Look, find a way to send out trades every week on this several deals that you'd be happy with across your league in order to just be more efficient and optimize your chances of getting something done. There's nothing wrong with having multiple offers hanging out there to multiple owners, all of which, any of which you'd be happy if somebody took. You just got them out there seeing who's willing to bite. And this is a way to increase your chances of getting something done here because we're kind of in a time crunch here late season. We don't have a lot of time left to pull off these last few big deals, the ones that are going to send us to the promised land. I promise you guys, if you do this, this is the like what's going to help you win your title. This is going to make the big – you need – everybody needs – starts to run out of gas. It's a season long season of attrition. Everybody's team starts to run out of gas down the way, even the best teams. And the teams that win, much like in real football, are the ones who get some momentum down the stretch, a little injection of life. And the, the way you can do this is by, by coming in with the heavy artillery and adding it to your starting lineup at the end of the season. And Because by the time you make the playoffs, all those teams, most of those teams are pretty good in your playoffs. And you don't want it to just be drawing straws. You want to have a real competitive advantage every week of your fantasy football uh, playoffs. You don't want to just be in there and feel like lucky if you're going to win the championship. You want to be the favorite to win, and we need to put ourselves in a position to do that. So under the gun here at the end of the season, guys, I would highly recommend that once you've identified who your most marketable players are to move off of your roster for the week uh, in pursuit of one of these big fish, uh, presumably on one of these losing teams possibly encountering a bye week some bye week nightmares get a couple of deals together you'd be happy with for some of these big fish and just get them all out there and see who bites uh it's a good way to improve your chances of actually getting something done here before the deadline uh but don't leave trades open too long for those who don't respond we never leave a trade open past sunday morning and furthermore once we've figured out that 
the character we're dealing with is of this ilk. He has this behavior pattern where he always leaves these trades open. We realize that he's not dealing with, with us in good faith. He's either a lazy owner that doesn't pay attention, you're not going to get something done with, or there, more than likely there's something more sinister behind it where he's actually leaving a trade open, kind of hoping that, that something happens to some of the players involved that tilt that thing into his favor while you're not paying attention, he's going to run and click accept and you're going to feel hurt. And we never want to be swindled by, uh, by a dirt ball like that in our league. So just remember that uh, you don't want to leave trades open for too long, certainly not past Sunday morning. And if you realize you're dealing with that kind of bad actor, uh, you need to put them on your naughty list and blackball them uh, from any of you, at least any of your dealings on the fantasy football trade market. And th- that raises another good point because I keep seeing this float around on Twitter. I've seen Alex tweeting about it, other guys in the industry tweeting about it. See a lot of stuff going on regarding this. You know, like I'm sitting here thinking, I- I've got this market cornered. This is the trade cast. I am the preeminent voice on trades and fantasy football. This must be discussed right here on the week 10 rosterwatch.com trade cast. And it's that vetoes in fantasy football are cockamamie as hell. Infuriating. Preposterous. If you're in a league with fantasy owners who veto trades between two grown adults where there's been anything other than absolute collusion beyond a reasonable doubt, then you need to tell those chicken littles, those assholes to go kick rocks and quit that league after this season. You know, the market value is, we've learned this, I mean, if any of you guys have been in economics or in real estate or anything, we know that the market value of something is what somebody is willing to pay for it. That's what the price on a house is. That's what the value on anything else is, is what somebody is willing to pay for it. So who the hell is some third party in your league who's probably acting in a very self-serving way, whether they admit it or not? Who are they to say that there wasn't some fair market value on a deal in your league that got done? There were two grown adults that came to that decision that it was a fair deal. So that's your problem if you weren't able to get a deal done like that in your league or you weren't operating from a position of strength in order to totally rip somebody off like that. And if you just think that you want to veto a trade because it's going to throw off the competitive balance in the league, you're a chicken little, you're an asshole, and I would never want to play with you and I would never have you in a in in one of my leagues. We would never, ever, ever accept that. So we had to get it in right here on the rosterwatch.com tradecast. We are big, big opponents of the trade veto in fantasy football leagues. We don't even think that that should be an option like in the commissioner settings. I don't even, I don't even like, um, I don't like any reviews, anything. When a trade goes down, those players, not only should that trade happen instantaneously on your site, those players should be instantly available at your disposal to insert into your lineup and play that week, unless, of course, they've somehow already played, which in most cases I don't even think they'd be eligible for an actual uh, transaction on your particular platform. 
And if you've got guys in your league that are colluding that egregiously, they shouldn't be in your league anyways. They need to be kicked out. They've been exposed. They need to be kicked out. But 99.9% of the time, trade vetoes are harebrained. They are weak. They are unacceptable. They are for chicken littles. And we can never, ever subscribe uh, to that at Roster Watch. Many of you are doing a fantastic job, but I'd strongly recommend that more of you begin helping each other inside the message boards at rosterwatch.com. We have a huge community of very talented fantasy football players, very smart, very good fantasy football players. And, you know, the community at Roster Watch is truthfully one of our biggest assets. Think about it. We have all the tools. We have all the content. We have everything that Alex and myself and occasionally the trash man put out to you guys over the course of the year. Those are all obviously, you know, very, very, very important. But with every person that the community grows, we become stronger, we become smarter, we come, we become bigger. And we have this whole wealth of knowledge right at our fingertips, right there at rosterwatch.com. And I recommend and advise that more of you guys go over there, go look and see the activity. Every single post, there's a ton of activity, and many of these people have become uh, friends even outside of Roster Watch. So that's a nice benefit. But most importantly, there is a shitload of fantasy football intelligence built into the community at Roster Watch. I mean, as a whole, it's smarter than any of us individually. It's smarter than me. It's smarter than Alex. I mean, there's just too much, inf- and it's just so much information. Uh, and so many variables and something like a fa- fa- the landscape of fantasy football. It's simply too much for one human being uh, to process. So um, a lot's gone into developing the community at Roster Watch. Those of you who've been with us for several years now, we started this in 2012. I'm, I know that many of you guys have seen uh, it's like night and day how the community has grown and beginning to interact and just the characters and the personalities, just just the general vibe and, and the community. It has a lot of uh, cachet to it uh, at this point. And so, look, guys, we've put so much into it over the years. Let's use it. Let's use it. So I'd ask that each of you take some ownership of the community at Roster Watch. Take some pride in being a member of Roster Watch Nation. Keep it nice. Help your neighbors. And don't litter. Most importantly, go in there, guys. And suss out your fantasy football questions. I see tons of you in there helping each other all the time. And, you know, if you're willing to help somebody in there, I'm sure they're gonna, somebody else is going to be willing to help you out. It's not a, all a one-way street. So I uh, would love to see more of that. You can find myself. You can find Alex. You can find the trash man in the message boards, in the comment section of every article at rosterwatch.com year-round. I went back, of course, maniacally, as I do every week, and listened to the week nine trade cast. I always like to go back and listen and see, you know, just how we can improve what we're doing here and continue to get smarter and better at fantasy football, at broadcasting, at everything. And um, I was just cracking up about, I couldn't, I was so uh, stumped last week as, you know, what the hell it was when you die and you have a bunch of money, but you, you, you can't do anything with it. And I was like, what's the saying? What's the saying? You know, because I was saying I was comparing that to going to the fantasy playoffs with a stacked bench full of starter quality players who you're never, ever going to start. It's just so um, nonsensical. 
And I, I realized when I was listening back to the saying is that you can't take it all with you. You can't take it all with you in life, you rich folks out there. You Scrooges, you can't take it all with you. It's just like we don't want to be a Scrooge in our fantasy football league. We can't take all of our starter quality players on our bench into any real meaningful action in our fantasy football playoffs with us. What we want to take with us is the trophy, the big cash at the end. And the way we're going to do that is with the best starting lineup uh, possible. So we just need to be smart with this, with our assets at this point. And I think a lot of you, from what I can tell on Twitter, at Rosterwatch, and what I can tell on the message boards at Rosterwatch, are really starting to uh, to get it. We don't want to die with a pile of money under our mattress. We can't take it all with us, right, Roster Watch Nation? Uh, we also want to think with some ingenuity. Think with some ingenuity. And what, what made me, we're going to get to all of our Week 10 trade targets here shortly, but what made me think this was I'm seeing so many questions about Alexander Madison. So many of you own him who may not even own Dalvin Cook. And in that situation, he's a pure stash, a really, really good stash, and one that we're totally fine to hold on to if we're not able to do anything better than that with him. But let's say we're not a Dalvin Cook owner, and we have Alexander Madison, and we keep waiting and waiting, and this Dalvin Cook injury is never going to happen. And next thing we know, we saw Amir Abdullah on the field last week, and you know, it's just unclear. It seems kind of like a pipe dream that Madison's going to turn anything to it for us. And, you know, what are we going to really do with him after the tread deadline? This is where I say, this is where you should have some ingenuity. Think about it. If you're in that situation, the first thing you should be doing is going to the Dalvin Cook owner and targeting them in some kind of trade talks. Take Madison, take one other player on your roster, package them together, go shop that package to the Dalvin Cook owner, and try to upgrade your roster somewhere else with one of his, you know, one of his, one of his good players. Uh, that's that's you know that is a recommended tactic at this point. If you're rostering a guy like that, you could say the same for the Jalen Samuels of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go to the James Conner owner. Go to the James Conner owner and see if you can get something for Jalen Samuels. Maybe that guy's been you know scared straight. You know, we'll see whether you can or you can't, but it would be uh, negligent not to check that out. And if you're not a Connor owner or not a Cook owner, those aren't really nonsensical holds deep into the fantasy playoffs unless you just, you know, and again, unless you're just don't, you know, you've got the roster spot and you want to hang on to an absolutely pure stash. I would rather try to find a way to capitalize on that asset and improve the rest of my team for the playoffs than sitting on that just hoping for, you know, a miracle. And by the way, if that miracle happens, then you're going to have a little bit of a sit-start decision potentially on your hands. You're going to have trouble with the playoff. You'll have you'll have a newfound starter uh, that you're going to have a real interesting time trying to figure out, you know, who you're starting him over in your playoffs. And that's not a bad problem to have, but I just think not only is it unlikely, if Madison doesn't, if something doesn't happen to Dalvin Cook soon before the trade deadline, which we don't want it to, but if it doesn't, then all of a sudden you have a unlo- pretty unlikely situation. Madison's going to bloom in anything of major significance. Uh, you know, 
down the stretch, and you're doing that at the expense potentially of the rest of your roster. Uh, we we got to squeeze this thing for everything it's worth. We've put a lot of equity across our roster. We need to optimize that now into our starting lineups. Every week on this podcast, we like to go back and uh, discuss some of the user questions that came in over at rosterwatch.com in order to just help step through some of the thought process, some of the logic with this trade strategy. And so this week I chose uh, this. This came in from Papa Papa Hoops over on the – it's actually on the week nine trade thread at rosterwatch.com, but I noted this one because I thought it was a good one. So this was Papa Hoops. On October 31st, in the week nine trade trade thread at rosterwatch.com, he says, How would you feel about the following trade? Alvin Kamara for Josh Jacobs and Curtis Samuel. And then Alex happened to be in the message boards and he replied, I want the Kamara side. So Alex saying that in a vacuum, he likes Alvin Kamara more than Josh Jacobs and Curtis Samuel. Papa Hoop says, well, I'm the one who proposed the trade. So he's the one who offered taking a page out of the trade cast, out of this, taking a a, clearly a listener. He was undertaking a consolidation trade, attempting to, and he was trying to take a Curtis Samuel and a Josh Jacobs, package them together for what he viewed as one of the elite players in fantasy football, Alvin Kamara. And he was attempting to move in on him while Kamara was on a bye and still recovering from uh, that ankle injury. So Alex says he wants the Camara side, which is good. That means that Papa Hoops is doing the right thing, right? He's going for the guy that we want. So Papa Hoops says, well, I proposed the trade, but the other owner wants Chubb instead of Jacobs. I have Zeke Elliott, Jacobs, and Chubb. Should I give him Chubb and Samuels for Camara? And again, this was last week after the week nine trade cast. And Alex says, well, that's starting to feel like too much. I am worried about Chubb's usage staying the same down the stretch when Hunt comes back. But I'd tell him that your original deal, Jacobs and Curtis Samuel for Alvin Kamara, is your best offer. Trashman came in right behind him and piped in. And he also said, that's too rich. Alvin Kamara won't necessarily be an improvement over Nick Chubb. And of course, I'm always helicoptering, patrolling, keeping the pulse on uh, the the little trade kingdom we have here at rosterwatch.com and all, all of my, my trade pupils, really. I keep a real close pulse on what all you guys are doing. And so when I circled back in here, I read through this. And I, I had a little bit of a light bulb. I said, okay, I, I, you know, I see this a little differently. You know, let me take this from another angle, Papa Hoops. Because, and this is the way that we want to be thinking. While I think the advice that Alex and Trashman gave you were solid, that, that the counteroffer was too rich, Chubb and Samuels and Curtis Samuel, too rich for Alvin Kamara last week and that they would only go as far as Josh Jacobs and Curtis Samuel. I was a little bit surprised, and I guess this is just where there's a... Um, I guess this is just where it comes down to 
what your how what your natural how your natural inclinations are to assess these situations. And I guess I'm reminded sometimes that not everybody thinks about this stuff like I do. But this is how I want you guys step you through this. But this is how I want you guys to start stepping through this. So let's rewind this here for a second. We had Papa Hoops who wanted to trade Josh Jacobs and Curtis Samuel for Alvin Kamara last week. Good idea. Alex, trash man, we all agreed on that. Papa Hoops on the right track. He got a counteroffer, Nick Chubb and Curtis Samuel for Alvin Kamara. Both Alex and trash man said that was too rich, but then left it at that. And I came in behind him. I said, well, the guys, there's a third way to think about this. This is the ingenuity we want to think about. This is why we like to think about working these things back and forth and in different ways, sometimes flipping them on their heads a little bit. There's another, there's another piece here that can help get this. This is, not a, this is a deal we want to get done. This is what we do this trade cast for every week. I mean, Alva Kamara is the kind of fish we want to sew up here at the end of the season. But on the other hand, we don't want to go bananas and we're willing to overpay to some extent, but we want the trade to be logical and to make sense. But we don't want to be stodgy thinkers and we don't want to be inflexible and we want to find a way to get something like this done if we're that close. So I just said, well, Papa Hoops, wait a second, wait a second here. Let's think about this. I agree that we need to keep the principle in this offer to Josh Jacobs uh, in this offer you're making for Alvin Kamara. But why in the hell are we not talking about than just upping the ante on Curtis Samuel a little bit or in order to get this done, even if it's quote-unquote overpaying. Why are we so fixated on this line of logic with Jacobs and Chubb? That's so easy to get locked in on something like that. Sometimes you got to back out and say, wait a second, what are the parts here? What are we doing? Is there another way to make a fine tune here? Yeah, you're, you're putting two players in the deal. You've got, you know, your principal, and then you've got your kind of ancillary player. Why don't you fine-tune the deal by modifying the ancillary player instead of becoming fixated on the principal? And that's how you get that done. That is how uh, you get that done. And Pop Hoops came back and said essentially that he took that advice and got it done for Josh Jacobs and Tyler Boyd for Alvin Kamara. Uh, so absolutely love that move by Papa Papa Hoops. Absolutely worth it when you start thinking about this is that cartoonish starting lineup he's starting to think to put together here down the stretch. He wants to go into his fantasy playoffs starting Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, and Zeke Elliott. How can you blame him? That's exactly what we're talking about trying to do here right here on the rosterwatch.com tradecast as we had adopt our uh, tactics for the late season trade strategy where we are blowing the hell out of our starting lineups right now. So congratulations on very, very nice work, Papa Hoops. That's a way to take um, all the information that we've discussed this year and really put it to, into action in a logical and rational way. And you're setting a good example for uh, the other members of Roster Watch Nation. Next example of trade happenings from the site over the course of this Last week, since uh, uh, what's transpired over at rosterwatch.com, uh, since we've last uh, since we've last uh, analyzed the trade market, is that we had Derek D E R R I K E 
on November 5th inside of Trashman's Fantasy Fallout article, uh, the Week 10 Fantasy Fallout article. We had Derek come in, and he said, he asked, full point PPR, do you do this trade? I receive Chris Carson and Mohamed Sanu, and I trade away Joe Mixon and Odell Beckham. My roster is James Conner, Joe Mixon, Damian Williams, Naeem Hines. My wide receivers are Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Deontay Johnson, Curtis Samuel, Josh Gordon, Allen Robinson, and Diggs. So you can see a team that's pretty deep at wide receiver, a little bit thin at running back. Derek was asking in a full point PPR, should I do this trade? I get Chris Carson and Muhammad Sanu, but I give up Joe Mixon and Odell Beckham giving the roster that he just outlined to me. And Derek, I told you, I said, you should just counter with Diggs instead of Odell Beckham or go with Mixon plus Allen Robinson for Carson straight up. You know, you don't really need Sanu when you're that deep at wide receiver, right? Right? And wouldn't you rather try to sell high on Stefan Diggs was the game that we were playing uh, you know, has been the game that we've been we've been playing with him at this point. So, you know, if you want that cartoonish starting lineup down the stretch, you'd like to see Odell's name in that, not Stephon Diggs. So, I said also be somewhat weary of Carson's upcoming schedule. He represents an upgrade to your roster, so this move is fine. But if there are any other elite running backs you can look at with better schedules, you should also consider doing that. So, just once again, just thinking about thinking about how to optimize here. You know, this is maybe a decent deal for you, but is it the best deal for you, right? That's that's how we need to be uh, thinking on this one. Thank you, though, for your support and your, um, your questions over at the site, Derek. Then lastly, in the uh, inside, let's see which post was this. This is the Week 10 Waiver Wire Cheat Sheet post. We have a question. We had a question here from John Hunsberger. This was on November 5th. Uh, he says here, his trade question was, do you trade Mike Williams and DJ Moore for Adam Thielen and Curtis Samuel? The other owner needs to get by his injury. Must be Adam Thielen. So he said here, Adam Thielen would be my flex decision between him and DJ, Ch- DJ Chark moving forward if I made that deal. Or should I ask for more for Mike Williams and DJ Moore than Adam Thielen and Curtis Samuel? And of course, I had to patronize John immediately. I said, pass on the deal, John. Just keep winning this week. Forget about those guys. And you need to get a better player back in return for Mike Williams and DJ Moore. Why the hell are you trading two players for two players anyways? Two wide receivers for two wide receivers anyways. I mean, this that is that... Uh, these these are the rarest types of equivalency football uh, trades we want to make in fantasy football, and certainly does not align with our general strategy down here, here down the stretch uh, that we've been outlining on the trade cast uh, throughout the season, and especially as we're gearing up here towards the playoffs, we're in full blown consolidation mode, not just for good players but for great players. So I asked him, I said. What the, why the hell are you trading these two players for two players for? In order to stash Adam Thielen so that you can have a flex headache in the future? 
down the stretch between him and DJ Chark. I mean, this is a, does this make any sense? Do you even listen to the weekly trade cast? And then I will give John his due here because he, I, I appreciate a man who's forward thinking. He's being calculated. He's trying to play chess when others are playing checkers. Sometimes I think you can outsmart yourself a little bit here, but he had a great response. You know, that's all we want to hear. It's like, it's like when your English teacher had you have to write a paper or something in school. It wasn't even necessarily if they, quote unquote, if you were right, they just wanted to see how well you could lay out your argument. And so I like to see a guy like John, he really was, he had a response for me immediately. He said he had, the reason he was thinking about this was his next move. He was planning on taking Thielen and Chark, packaging them together, and then flipping them for a real mega wide receiver one for his playoff run uh, down the stretch and to add to Tyreek Hill and Chris Godwin, who are his other starters. So, you know, I I told him, I said, look, can, can you get those deals done at the same time? If you can ensure that you can get something like that deal, deal if you feel confident you can get that done, then if, and you can pull that off, then I think this is a fine trade. Uh, John, if you want to do that, I just think it's you're leaving yourself kind of leaving yourself in a little bit of limbo there. And it's just the question is, is the reward worth the potential, you know, risk there? And I guess it, it never really hurts to have Adam Thielen and uh, DJ Chark in your stable. I mean, those aren't the worst guys. But again, you're giving up Mike Williams in a monster matchup this week and DJ Moore, who's been pretty good, uh, you know, for. Adam Thielen, who's not probably not going to play this week. Uh, and you're swapping Curtis Samuel for DJ Moore. So what the hell kind of sense does that really even make? Furthermore, I always tell you guys to cut through the noise and the static when you're trying to assess these trades and even when you're asking questions about them. And really when you boil that one down, John, I mean, this is forget about DJ Moore for Curtis Samuel. That's, I mean, that's, that's just kind of stupid, right? So the really truthfully, that trade is Mike Williams for Adam Thielen. So let's like just boil it all down to that when you're looking at that deal. How 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 much does that move the needle for your team? I can't suspect it's a whole, whole lot, but I suppose if uh, you have a flex better than Mike Williams this week and you really want to stash Thielen and you really think you can get something done with him and Chark in a package deal for somebody else down the line, then I'll give you some I'll give you a hat tip for uh, thinking two, three steps ahead, and I can certainly appreciate that. Guys, gals, identify your needs. Target losing teams. Ask yourself, are you operating from a position of luxury? Are you a team with maybe only one, two losses, possibly undefeated with a stockpile of quality assets? By that, I mean you have starters on your bench that are essentially as good as the starters on your starting lineup. Your bench is as good as your starting lineup. That does happen. There are some of you listening uh, where that is the case, and you have absolutely nightmare decisions to make every single week up and down your li- your lineup with sit and starts. It's an embarrassment of riches, and it's certainly first-world problems. Um, but if you've identified that you are operating from a position of luxury, you are in a special position to make trades that others simply can't. So take some time and identify your needs. Target losing teams. Ask yourself, am I operating from a position of luxury? Or am I a competitive team? 
Or am I a struggling team that's losing and having trouble fielding a competitive starting lineup every week? I'm having to put two or three more garbage players into my lineup. Once you've identified what type of team you are, you will know what course of action uh, to take. Whatever you do, always maintain a focus on your starting lineup when engaging the fantasy football trade market and considering any deal. Ask yourself, is this trade rational? Is this logical? Or is this a harebrained idea? Does this make sense for my team? Have I identified my needs? Am I buying or am I buying at a discount? Am I selling or am I only selling high? Or should I sell at a discount? Have I looked at the losing teams on the bubble in my league? Is this the highest and best trade I can make? Is this the highest and best use of my assets in order to optimize my lineup in preparation for the playoffs? Is this a good trade or is this a great trade? Is this a good trade or is this my best trade? What is the net fallout of this trade? Where are you noticeably upgrading your roster? What of meaningful value are you giving up? Who does it send to your bench? Does this deal upgrade your starting lineup? Are the guys you are trading for starters on your team? Who are the principals involved in this deal? Are you getting the best player? Or do you need multiple players in return? Byron, is there anything worse than whenever you're trying to shave your, your balls and you have to use the same razor or the same trimmer or whatever that you use on your face? No, oh, I just puckered up thinking about it. <laughs> it hurts, dude. It hurts. You can, especially if you use an actual razor, you will cut your nuts. Um, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0. It has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick your cut, nick cut snag. It, you know none of that stuff. Your nuts are going to be safe. So manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. You, like I said, man, you like who uses the same trimmer? on their dirty balls and their grundle in between their, their like the back of their ball sack and their exit hole. Like how are you going to use the same trimmer on your face that you put there? It's like, look, 85% of women think that grooming or a lack of grooming is a major turnoff. 80% of women think men should manscape below the belt and 89% of men think good grooming is essential to their professional success. Like, that comes from the business wire. So, look, here's what we've found from the Manscaped products. They have the new Lawnmower 2.0, which is better than the original Lawnmower. And you might ask how much better. Well, so, all right, so now it trims at 6,000 strokes per minute. That's up from 4,000 strokes per, per minute with the original one. And the battery life has improved from 15 minutes on one charge all the way up to 60 minutes. And it includes a rechargeable battery now. No more double A's. The trimming head's also now replaceable with the lawnmower 2.0. It's now waterproof, guys. I'm telling you, you all you got to do is get that lawnmower, get it down there. It takes a few minutes. They, they give you this, uh, they give you some like newspaper looking stuff to stand on so it's easy to clean up. 
afterwards. And then you just kind of get this, this ball deodorant, this ball toner, just kind of get it rubbed around on there. You're going to be feeling silky and smooth before you know it. And you're not going to ever remember what it was like before you started using Manscaped. Alex, I couldn't believe it. Ever since I got my sample kit from Manscaped, my girlfriend from Dallas has been flying out way more often to come see me. For a sweaty Greek man like me, she absolutely loves the ball deodorant. And then the ball toner, so smooth and shiny and so tight, she's able to bounce a half dollar off those hush puppies. And also, man, the, the, you know me, Alex. I got Greeks, we got a lot of chest here. I'm able to use that lawnmower up top too. All right, so you can get 20% off and free shipping with promo code ROSTERWATCH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code ROSTERWATCH. Join the other dudes helping themselves with Manscaped with a special offer just for our listeners. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. That's right. Manscaped is offering ROSTERWATCH listeners 20% off and free shipping. To get yours, go to manscaped.com and use promo code ROSTERWATCH. Watch. Again, manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch to get 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com and use promo code rosterwatch. Folks, we kindly ask each and every one of you to take just one minute to subscribe, rate, and review uh, the Roster Watch podcast over on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a five-star rating and a glowing review and certainly we would appreciate it if you would follow us on twitter at rosterwatch or support us on the site rosterwatch.com with a pro subscription our list of targets on the fantasy football trade market has gotten smaller and higher caliber as we near the end while our list of players we're considering selling expands as we narrow our sights on the truly elite players in fantasy football to arm up for the playoff race with the heavy artillery. With that said, I present to you the Week 10 Fantasy Football Trade Market. We must begin with the truly elite players of who, the who's who of fantasy football. They are all targets this week, regardless of price. On the Fantasy Football Trade Market, we are doing our diligence and we are looking to see what the circumstances are surrounding each and every one of the following players in our league this week. We will then, of course, if we find out that any of these players are on losing or struggling teams, we will be targeting those players uh, in, in, in fair deals where we're willing to quote-unquote overpay in order to land some of these guys the biggest fish in all of fantasy football, including Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, and maybe even a golden son, little Cooper Cup. Any team operating from a position of luxury or any competitive team should without question make it a priority to target, to investigate each and every one of those players just listed. The ultra-premium, super-elite players in all of fantasy football. These are the mega-starters we're looking to front-load our starting lineups with heading into the fantasy playoffs. We're doing everything we can, first and foremost, to find out what the situation is with Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, and maybe even 
Cooper Cup this week. All guys we are quote unquote willing to overpay for down the stretch if we are positioned uh, to do so. All right, aside from the big, big fish, the biggest names in all of fantasy football who are our number one priority this week as we are transitioning our trade strategy into full-blown playoff preparation, we still got plenty of guys just right behind that very top tier of uh, fantasy elite fantasy players we are now targeting, targeting almost regardless of price. Like I said last week, we're no longer really buying anymore. Now we're really targeting on the trade market. And we can do that with, on the running back side, we can do that with potentially Leonard Fournette this week, who is uh, at no discount because of production. Uh, certainly been very, very productive, a very quality fantasy asset on the season. But guys, if Leonard Fournette is on a struggling team in your league this week, he's on by. He's on by. And if there's a team struggling that's in a must-win situation, like we said right now, this can create a bit of an artificial, I don't want to say discount on Leonard Fournette. It creates an artificial buy moment on Leonard Fournette in a league where he's owned by a struggling player who's encountering uh, his buy. You know, it's still only 5% touchdown dependent with Nick Foles on the verge of coming back on the other side of that buy. Leonard Fournette is a really, really nice own the rest of the way here. And so I'm not saying you're going to get a discount. But most of these elite guys, we're not even talking about getting a discount. We just didn't, we've targeted them. We're in pursuit. And what I'm saying in Leonard Fournette, uh, much like Alvin Kamara last week, uh, heading into a buy, Kamara was available. You heard it. You heard the testimonial on the site there on the trade questions. Leonard Fournette very well could be available uh, this week. You may have to fork up, uh, saddle up quite a bit to go get him, but he's a, he's a player that... If you can't get a Saquon Barkley or a Zeke Elliott down the stretch, I mean, I think you slide Leonard Fournette right in almost with the Dalvin Cooks and the Alvin Kamara's a little bit more of a stash, obviously, with the bye this week, but absolutely the type of player that not only I believe could be available in some leagues this week, but the type of player we would absolutely recommend adding to our starting lineup uh, down the stretch. We'll get to some of the big-time buy wide receivers here shortly, but let's just keep buzzing through the running back side of the Week 10 fantasy football trade market. The big sell on the Week 10 fantasy football trade market is Kenyon Drake, now of the Arizona Cardinals, has the big, big monster on national TV this last week in his debut for Arizona, looked uh, especially spry and very, very good in that Cliff Kingsbury offense. Uh, truthfully, though, running back beginning to look interchangeable in a Cliff King- Kingsbury offense. Uh, Chase Edmonds looks like he's still going to miss a little bit of time. We do have David Johnson uh, appears to return this week. Um, look, Kenyon Drake's got Tampa Bay and San Francisco uh, the next two weeks on the schedule. Two of the worst matchups in all of fantasy football for fantasy running backs. And then it's a bye week. Uh, for Kenyon Drake. So the next three weeks are treacherous for Kenyon Drake. It was a real boon if you happen to have him and play him last week, but he's an absolute red cell moving forward. Kenyon Drake, the type of player that if you can right now, while there's any amount of hype, use him as a throw in on a deal uh, to get, to get something done for a much better player that you're going to be more comfortable with uh, down the stretch. He's the only real red, red hot sell this week. But I'll tell you, like we said, the list, 
the list of of buy targets shrinks a little bit at this time, this juncture of the season, because we're really honing in on only the elite players or the really good players in fantasy. But our list of players that we're willing to quote unquote sell high on right now, very, very much expanding. It has to expand because we've got to be willing to take many of these players uh, that are just, you know, just outside of the elite or premium category, we got to be willing to take those guys and level up. We got to level up to these to the ultra elite players, and I think we can continue to do that with somebody like Aaron Jones, who's not a sell, but he's a sell high if you can. He's you know if you want if you need to keep Aaron Jones, obviously he's a fine keep. Nine touches, twenty nine yards on a fifty nine percent snap count last week. Um, look, any running back can bust at any time, but like we've been telling you especially after last week or, you know, when he's been hot, it's always a good time to try to sell high on Aaron Jones, who is, you know, in terms of uh, touch volume in the league, he's more of like a high-end RB. Touch and snap volume, he's like a high-end RB too, but his production's been top three, top five fantasy running back on the season. Those two things don't comport. There has to be some, uh, uh, there will be some equalization that takes place there. And it's going to be really going to see it in terms of Aaron Jones's consistency. And we saw it last week, he really screwed a lot of people up this last week against uh, the Chargers. And so as we told you last week, it was a good time to sell high for one of the truly elite running back talents in all of fantasy football. Aaron Jones, the perfect guy last week to do that with. You know, fortunately, I think in that Green Bay offense, to less suspecting owners, He's still got plenty of marketability where you could get something uh, done. But, you know, really other than the fact that he's on that offense, there's not much else about Aaron Jones's profile that screams top three to five fantasy running back, which he's been on the season. So, you know, while you can use Aaron Jones, get yourself Barkley, get yourself Zeke. I wouldn't argue with you if you wanted to even get in on Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara somehow utilizing Aaron Jones, his backfield mate, Jamal Williams, same thing. I mean, we've been telling you, he probably is going to be a, a little bit of an anomaly that just continues to be a flex rest of the season. Uh, was, it's a bye week and week 11 for Jamal Williams uh, on the other side of this matchup uh, with the Carolina Panthers coming to town this week. Uh, which is actually a pretty good matchup. But, you know, guys, it's death taxes and another touchdown for Jamal Williams um, this last week on a 44% snap count, only eight touches for Jamal Williams. You know you can't trust that, right? So, I mean, you just, you know. And he's stringing together good performance after good performance. It's going to screw you sooner than later. And every one of these weeks is getting more and more important. That's less of a risk that you want to take. I say, if you got to keep Jamal Williams, you've been blessed with a flex that has performed over his head. And you can't be anything but happy with that, especially in a competitive situation, if you got to keep rolling him out. But it's a good matchup this week. Then it's a buy, and then we're close to our fantasy playoffs. We don't want to trust guys like Jamal Williams. So uh, another player, much like Aaron Jones, that if I can sell high on Jamal Williams and use him as a piece to get me into one of these other players that we're really targeting and interested in uh, adding to our team for the playoff run, you absolutely have to consider doing so. The same would extend to Bengals running back Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, let's sell him coming off the bye for a better player uh, where we can, if we can. Tevin Coleman, he busted last week after the huge monster the week before. 
Still very high on Tevin Coleman rest of the season and very pleased to keep him in that Shanahan run game and a really good 49ers team that sets up nicely for their running backs. But this is the game we're going to play with a 45% touchdown to dependent player and somewhat of a timeshare and a Kyle Shanahan backfield rest of the season. So albeit in a really, really good 45% touchdown dependent running back in a really, really good situation. I have very happy to keep still willing to sell Tevin Coleman if possible to help get up to a guy like Zeke or Saquon, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, uh, any of those guys I would absolutely make that move. Even maybe even for Leonard Fournette, even if I, if I could, if I could, um, if I could live without having Tevin Coleman this week, I, I would maybe even consider that. If I'd have told you at any point prior to the start of the season that the 49ers would be the only remaining undefeated team in the National Football League after nine weeks, you'd call me crazy, right? Or I don't know, maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you saw it coming. Maybe you're a big 49ers fan. And I'll tell you what, you don't have to sit back and watch the season unfold with your hands in your pockets because you too can get in on the action. You can support your team every weekend or take advantage of your football knowledge to bring home the bacon with my bookie. Between football season, the start of the NBA season, the NHL season, it's time to get off the sideline and get on the action. There's plenty to bet on and always cash to be won. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet a, you know, a little bit on multiple games uh, and you bet them together so you can get a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go with mybookie.ag because nobody gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. So it's, it's, it's free money. If you put in $100, they will, they will give you $200 total to bet with there on MyBookie.ag. But you have to use this promo code. Use promo code ROSTER to activate the offer. That's promo code ROSTER to double your cash. So visit MyBookie.ag today. Remember, use promo code ROSTER to activate that to, that 2x deposit bonus that is at mybookie.ag visit today you play you win you get paid chris carson showed that he was indeed matchup proof on the ground last week versus a very formidable bucks defense in a game that was really much more of a passing game between the seahawks and the bucks so you know to me he proved that some of these late season schedule concerns we have maybe just throw them out the window. That's why we always said he was never a sell. He was only a sell very very high and certainly wouldn't blame you if he kept him. But still the next 3 weeks he's got San Francisco 49ers and then a bye and then the Philadelphia Eagles. So not an easy 3 week stretch for Chris Carson. Something you may want to consider factoring if you are a Carson owner. I mean again, he is a perfect Example, you know, you're going to feel like you're giving up too much, but it's okay if you've got the depth to do it because that none of that's going to matter once you get to the playoffs and you can throw your bench out the window. Um, we could, we got to start to change our perception of value a little bit here, and it's hard to do a little bit because we generally we're very very cautious, you know, and um, on the waiver wire market, even on the trade market, you know, or in the earlier part of the season, we want to make good deals. We don't want to. You know, we're on the conservative side of things, right? We don't make deals just to make deals. However, uh, this strategy does start to change 
uh, just a little bit down the stretch. So even if you feel like you're giving up too much with Chris Carson and another player, you know, you're only doing it for the Zeke Elliott's and Saquon Barkley's of the world at this point, or maybe a Chris Carson straight up for somebody like a Michael Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins, or maybe even, you know, another elite wide receiver, uh, that would have to be in a PPR format, likely to consider that. But uh, I, Chris Carson, I mean, a player that's very, very marketable for these purposes. And if I was a Carson owner, I would at least be thinking about it. Derrick Henry, 16 touches in week nine on a 53% snap count, but of course another two touchdown game. So for me, he stays right here in the, you know, sell very high or, you know, obviously happy to keep category. But, you know, if I can use Derrick Henry to get up to Zeke or Barkley or Kamara or Cook, you know, I'm probably doing it. I'm probably doing that. I'm probably doing that. David Montgomery, he's really locking back in uh, to that snap count trajectory and to that touch trajectory we saw beginning to take hold there that, you know, that about a month into the season that evaporated for a little while there. His price tag is certainly up over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it was really the two touchdowns that saved him this last week. and he, But he's certainly become a better candidate to keep. Certainly become a better candidate to keep, but simultaneously he's become more marketable to sell and a two-for-one deal for one of the truly elite fantasy foot players in fantasy football. So to me, I'm starting to put David Montgomery in the category just about with somebody like a Derrick Henry, a guy I'm very happy with, a similar profile, a little bit touchdown dependent on a week-to-week basis. I'm not totally sure on touches and snaps, uh, but a marketable guy that if I can use him to get up to one of the big dogs, I'm certainly considering it. I'm actually recommending it. Sony Michelle, he's really, if it weren't for the buy this week, I would say he's just probably a sell at this point. But I think he's he's kind of a hold. He's a little bit in no man's land. Sony Michelle right now, a little bit of a hold because of the buy. Certainly, if you can put him into the deal and net yourself something proper, to Michelle, another guy, just like some of these others, I'm absolutely willing to part with. Uh, he, you know that Sonny Michelle, there's no way he can be totally trusted for the fantasy playoffs. And if he's on hold in my league for now because I was on the bye, then I'll certainly be trying to ship him the hell out again next week for somebody that I like better and I trust more uh, down the stretch in a must-win playoff scenario. Devin Singletary, my favorite flex play in all of Week 9, a player that those of you who have been listening have heard me I don't want to say imploring to you guys, but touting to you guys that he'd be a really nice buy low flex candidate. Probably the last month or so on this podcast, we've make sure to hit him just about every week while he was injured there. And while Gore was shining as a real like buy low guy, we were very, very interested in well, the interesting thing, thing, uh, how quickly things change, right? You know, from in one week, now I, I think you start to ask yourself is Devin Singletary is, has he become a sell high? I mean, clearly he's a really good flex. We're more than happy to keep at this point and a player we're very, very interested in. But you have to wonder after last week, based on his profile on the season and everything else, that was a very predictable cush spot for Devin Singletary last week. It was by far the most touches he's gotten on this season. You expect him to continue getting more, but uh, 
you just wonder after buying super, super low for weeks here over the last, you know, month plus, you know, just something says when somebody was that cheap just a week or two ago and then all of a sudden their value has risen astronomically like this, that there is a chance that they have become a sell high. So a kind of a, a funny metamorphosis there in very short order by Devin Singletary. Certainly looks like a really nice flex the rest of the season. Now, I can tell you for damn sure uh, that we're going to be going, uh, we're going to be wanting to own some Devin Singletary next year in fantasy for sure. I mean, that guy's college tape was absolutely eye-popping. And now that we see that he does, in fact, even with his diminutive stature and some of his you know, slightly sub-average testing at the Combine and some of the uh, athleticism tests. I mean, we, clearly we see that he belongs in the NFL. So based on his tape, he was, he could have been my number one back in the draft, just based on how eye popping his tape was. So when you get, uh, when you see the confirmation, uh, and the affirmation here, that Devin Singletary does in fact belong in the NFL, you know, you're going to want to own him next year, but that doesn't mean that he might not be a sell really high right now in our fantasy leagues. If we can help, Use Devin Singletary to help us level up to one of these really, really big players here down the stretch. Ronald Jones, you should probably try to capitalize on the hype right now. He's just been named the starter for the Bucks. Certainly, you know, a wave you could ride the rest of the season as in a nice flex. That's kind of a late season boon or bonus for your team. We talk about getting that injection, that momentum, that injection of life to your team uh, to give it a spark down the stretch as maybe the attrition is starting to take its toll elsewhere across your roster. Certainly Ronald Jones, if you have him, he's one of those guys and you're very happy to keep him. That said, anytime there's this type of hype permeating the ethos about a player like this, we want to be opportunistic and we want to at least attempt to capitalize on that. See, investigate it. Can we capitalize on that to make something better for ourselves, something more optimal for ourselves? Nick Chubb, decent schedule rest of season. Except he does have Pittsburgh uh, twice on the horizon before the fantasy playoffs. So in pretty short order, Nick Chubb does face the Steelers twice, who still aren't pay on paper an impossible matchup for fantasy running backs. Marlon Mack did okay against them last week. I think it was 21 carries for 89 yards. Uh, but I, I just think the eyeball test says that Pittsburgh's uh, defensive front has looked pretty formidable and stout recently. So maybe that's a matchup to be a couple of matchups to be a little bit worried about with Nick Chubb uh, here before the fantasy playoffs. And obviously we have the return of cream hunt imminent and Freddie Kitchens, you know, making the statement that cream hunt's certainly going to have a role coming in. That's kind of causing some waves in, in the industry right now. So, you know, Nick Chubb is a good player. You're not going to wave the white flag on him or fire sell him, obviously, at this point. But he still might be a guy at this point with these other factors coming into a play that if you can use a Nick Chubb to get up to a Zeke or a Saquon, like we said in the example earlier, it was probably too rich, at least at that time, to use him to get up to an Alvin Kamara. But when we talk about using a Chubb to maybe get up to a Zeke or a Saquon, a Chubb where maybe a few things have uh, transpired in, uh, you know, since since that uh, Camara question came in, I, I think you can look at it. I think you can look at it, and he's a marketable guy that I think you can get it done with 
Uh, and remember, folks, if you if we keep talking about maybe targeting Zeke and Saquon, just because those are really the quintessential examples of the type of players we want to add here late season on a big, big move on the trade market, even if we got to overpay with those guys. One thing to point out, Zeke has the buy out of the way. Saquon does have a week 11 buy on the horizon. That is something to take into account when evaluating him. But that make it, that may make it more likely that you can shake him free here down the stretch, though. I think Devontae Freeman in any type of PPR setting is fine to keep the rest of the way, but absolutely one of the players that if I own him, I'm trying to sell him high in some some form or fashion to get up to one of these players I trust a little more down the stretch. In any PPR format, Freeman's actually been pretty pretty solid this season. Uh, that said, you just you really can't like the way that that whole thing looks for a fantasy running back. And then David Johnson, we mentioned Kenyon Drake as the one red hot sell on the week. Look, I think David Johnson's having a little bit of value restored this week with the news that he's coming back and ready to play and that we don't have, we've still got Chase Edmonds in the bullpen uh, recovering from his injury a little bit. And so I think this breathes a little bit of life into David Johnson. And before I found out anything else, before we draw another card, before any more information is revealed, I'd write, I'd like to just quit while I'm ahead and sell David Johnson for whatever I can at this point. Um, not, not for whatever I can. For I want to sell David Johnson. If I could get him in for one of these elite guys, then that's certainly something that I want to consider uh, doing. It's not a fire sale on David Johnson, uh, but, you know, if there's whatever elite guy I can try to use him to get in on right now, I think you absolutely have to consider it. And you're reminded that he does, too, have this same treacherous three-week stretch that we discussed for Kenyon Drake, Tampa Bay this week, San Francisco next week, then the bye week. And I'm just not sure David Johnson's getting thrust back into – he wasn't getting 20 touches a game anyway. So I think – I think in pretty short order, we're headed to about 15 touches a game here with David Johnson getting a Todd Gurley type role. It could be more this more this week than that. And he certainly, I believe, will have his weeks where he can still be capable of going very, very big at any given time. But I, I just predict moving forward as I look over the remaining years of David Johnson's contract in Arizona and I see how interchangeable these running backs are in this Kingsbury offense, uh, and we see a decline. Fact is, we see a declining player in David Johnson. He's not the same guy. 2016 was a long, long time ago, especially for a fan for a running back. So, I see his role pretty quickly devolving to about what's going on with Todd Gurley in Los Angeles. At least as I project over the next couple of years, his remaining years on his contract with Arizona. Does that happen from day one? You know, I'm not sure. Does that mean he can't still have some really big games? Of course not. Uh, does it mean that I want to rely on him as one of my core horses down the stretch into my fantasy playoffs this year? Probably not. Probably not. And I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to next year. I'll, I'll be somewhat surprised if David Johnson is still a first round draft pick. You know, we'll have to see what the Cardinals do with their running backs in the off season. Um, but I certainly think he's headed kind of more to Todd Gurley territory as we look ahead. Speaking of Todd Gurley, 62 total yards per game on the season, a guy who used to average 105, 110 total yards per game at 50% touchdown dependency on only about 15 touches per game. 
Um, he's coming off the bye this week. I just think you try to sell Todd Gurley high where you can. Another guy with the name value, the offense he's in, the bottom line production on the season. And I, he is marketable to get yourself up. Uh, he's a he's a he's somebody that another player could take back in return and feel like they got a good guy back that has name value that they don't feel like a donkey for trading you one of their uh, best players. That's the psychology of all this is is pivotal. Uh, Todd Gurley has Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Baltimore the next three weeks. Uh, I basically view him as a really sweet flex the rest of the way. I mean, he might be the best flex in all of fantasy if you keep him the rest of the way. But that is what he is, is a flex. And if we can take a flex, parlay that into an elite running back one or elite wide receiver one in this case, we'd certainly consider it. I mean, a Todd Gurley for Devontae Adams type deal straight up is something that could make a lot of sense. Austin Eckler, 16 touches, 24% snap count this last week versus 23 touches for Melvin Gordon on a 63% snap count. He still went 93 yards on those 16 touches. And so as we've kind of been saying, I mean, Austin Eckler, a pretty solid flex rest of the way. You keep him if you need to. I think it's a he's a good player to have, especially given the circumstances that offense is operating under right now, that team is operating under right now. But again, if you can somehow sell Austin Eckler high, if he's the guy that you can throw in with another player, another really good player that puts you over the top for, you know, if you can get Austin Eckler together with a Joe Mixon and go get Alvin Kamara, like you should be doing that, right? Melvin Gordon, his teammate. It's a big, nice week to finally get off the schneid for his fantasy owners. Uh, he changed from a, you know, a screaming yellow, what the hell do I do with this guy? I'm ready to throw my hands up in the air the last few weeks on the trade market. He's changed to a bright orange sell high or hold along with the long list of other players we just talked about. And like we said, this list is long because uh, uh, the, the list of players we're willing to sell has expanded at this juncture in the season as we've honed in on a smaller more elite group of buy targets. Uh, it's just going to take these big, it's going to take these big name guys to get a lot of these deals done. Melvin Gordon, one of those, um, you know, it depends on how high up the ladder you can sell, but I, I really think Melvin Gordon is a guy that you can use to go get a, a Zeke or a Barkley or a Camara. Hell, I'd rather have a Dalvin cook. Uh, I'd probably rather have a Leonard Fournette rest of the season. If I could absorb Fournette's buy all players to consider taking Melvin Gordon and moving up for it. Or again, Melvin Gordon could be a great guy to go do a trade for an elite fantasy wide receiver, just straight up for with chiefs running back, Damian Williams. That looks like Patrick Mahomes is on the verge of a comeback. He's got the Tennessee Titans, the chargers and a buy in the next two weeks. So with Mahomes coming back, I think Damian Williams slides right back into the picture as a really nice flex. I wouldn't count on him as more as an RB3. I mean, there's a chance here we get out of him close to what we – like this. these seasons, like Alex always says, a flat circle, man. You know, at some point we end up where we started, and there could be a situation where Damian Williams returns big value down the stretch. But based on what we know, and that's all we can do is make the best decisions uh, right now with, you know, the best information that we have in, at hand. And – to me, that would indicate that Damian Williams is a really nice flex player moving forward the rest of the season. But look, if I can capitalize 
on the one big 91-yard run this last week and the hype that's permeating because of Mahomes' return. I mean, Damian Williams was unimpressive otherwise. It was 13 touches for 37 yards. Uh, I think it was 14 touches on a 72% snap count. I mean, and that's a that's that's a good snap count, and he had the big run, but everything else was indicative of the rest of his season. Very lackluster and unimpressive. So if I can leverage Damian Williams with – uh, some uh, the hype kind of increasing around him right now into a better player for my playoff fantasy playoff stretch and just for the late season fantasy football stretch. I want him off my team before the fantasy football trade deadline, so I'm not stuck with that guy as like an RB two. If I if I if he's my flex, that's one thing. Uh, but he's if my if Damian Williams my RB two, I'm looking to get something done in a big big way. Running backs who came off the fantasy football trade market this week. Le'Veon Bell came off. He had a good game, but now he's potentially a little bit injured. We'll see what happens with that. Seems like he's just kind of off the market after being a pretty prime target there for a few weeks. Adrian Peterson off the trade market now. Uh, We were trying to sell him high there for as long as we could the last couple weeks. Now he's got the week 10 bye, and we've got Darius Geis coming back. Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard, two guys we've been pounding the table for weeks to sell high um, whenever the opportunities were ripe. Once again, now heading into the week 10 buy, those guys are off the market. If you've got them, you're just stuck with them right now. And you're going to have to hope those guys have one or two, you know, big game, big games here before the trade deadline and give yourself one more chance to uh, consolidate them and ship them off for somebody better. Carlos Hyde had another pretty darn good game for the Texans, man. What probably been one of the best waiver wire pickups in all of fantasy. Um, but he's got the buy this week. So probably off the trade market this week for Carlos Hyde. Nobody's looking to absorb a buy on a player uh, of his ilk. You're only looking to absorb a buy on an elite player. So we'll probably need to consider selling Carlos Hyde, uh, attempting to sell Carlos Hyde again next week. But for now, he's off the market. And then Alvin Kamara in a return from buy, getting in a limited practice today. We've been, t- been imploring you to take your cracks at him. The last several weeks, it appears that window is shut. All right, on to the high-value trade targets on the Week 10 fantasy football trade market at the wide receiver position. So like we said, regardless of price, regardless of anything else, our primary targets right now for this week are a number one instructive is to go chase down, go big game hunting the apex predators in all of fantasy football as a late season add to our starting lineups uh, as we attempt to arm up with the heavy artillery for the big fantasy football playoff push. And that list of guys is very, very short. We want to be targeting Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, maybe even Cooper Cup, maybe even Leonard Fournette on a bye. But right behind that group of elite players on the wide receiver side, we have a rich set of really nice wide receivers we're looking to buy on this week. Uh, Players that I believe can help many of our starting lineups uh, become more formidable down the stretch as we try to sew up our playoff seating and arm up for the playoff race. That would begin with Odell Beckham. 
you know, a serviceable yet uninspiring week this last week in what was a kind of a predictably tough matchup at Denver against Chris Harris. He's got one last obstacle this week against the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be a tough matchup again. And then the final six weeks of the season for Odell are Pittsburgh, Miami, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Arizona, and Baltimore. It's a pretty decent end-of-season stretch for Odell after Buffalo this week. So we may have an opportunity to go back after Odell again you know, next week. But on a player like this with uh, time running out, we don't mind trying to get out of this, out ahead of this curve a little bit. Only one touchdown on the season has his owners totally been out of shape. So I think this window is still open here on Odell Beckham. And uh, it's a calculated risk, but one that I'd say is well worth taking for a lot of fantasy teams. Look, if you go down firing those kind of bullets, so be it, right? If you go down with Odell Beckham and Leonard Fournette and all these guys in your lineup, you know, Alvin Kamara's, and the, uh, DeAndre Hot, De- 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 Devontae Adams, you have all these guys in your lineups and you go down like that, you sleep well at night, man. I mean, you can't, you just, you can't worry about that. You just, you just, you cannot, you, you cannot worry about that. And Devontae Adams is another player that would make me feel like that. A, a, a pedestrian performance in his return this last week from injury from the turf toe, but it was 11 targets, a middle of the road matchup this week at home against the Carolina Panthers. And then a buy for Devontae Adams, very much in a similar situation as Odell Beckham right now as high value, maybe slightly sub elite on the season wide receiver targets, but players with big upside down the stretch. And uh, I I think players that can be had, if not this week, potentially next week, uh, we've got to, we have got to be uh, putting a significant amount of time into finding out what's going on with Odell Beckham and Devontae Adams in our leagues on our trade markets right now. Keenan Allen. I think he's flat out turned into a buy. If you can get him cheap enough, I might buy him now. I mean, he's just a notch below these other guys we're talking about. He's still very much towards the top of the heap. And he hasn't had a fantasy good. Keenan Allen, you won't believe this. Keenan Allen has not had a good fantasy game in seven weeks now. He's had seven bad fantasy games or lackluster fantasy games in a row. His frustrators, his his owners must be beyond frustrated. I mean, he's been on our yellow, you know, what the hell do I do with him list on this podcast for weeks now. And at some point you have to say, when you stay on that list for several weeks in a row, by definition, you become a buy low. And that time has come for Keenan Allen. So with a great schedule, the next two weeks before a buy, uh, this is a dude I can get behind and I can feel good about rolling into my fantasy playoffs with. That's Keenan Allen. Oakland could be a nut spot this week for a big rebound. And if that happens, you won't be able to get your hands back on Keenan Allen again. Robbie Anderson, just not what we hoped for coming out of the Jets. It was Crowder who got the action this last week. It was Le'Veon Bell who got a decent amount of action this last week. Probably hard for all these guys to hit all up at once. But look, if I could keep picking up Robbie Anderson for cheap, he's got seven more good matchups to finish the season. I'm, you know, I'm still willing to do it where I can. I think you recognize him as a flex, you know. I think you recognize Robbie Anderson as a flex, but I think that's a nice flex in any type of PPR format. Uh, really, even in standard with the type of big play type of ability that Robbie Anderson has, he's not really going to be a PPR maven uh, to begin with. Calvin Ridley, 
uh, we um, this is a player that we talked about extensively, you know, last week. Is that Calvin Ridley is a player that we're very interested in after the departure of Mohamed Sanu. You've got Julio taking so much attention away from him on the other side, and you know, just coming off the bye and some of the acrimony and underperformance in Atlanta. You wonder if the less suspecting players in your league are as on to how good Calvin Ridley's about to be as we are. I mean, he's potentially in a blow-up spot. The, the, the schedule is not a real beauty down the stretch for fantasy wide receivers for Atlanta, but you just figure a guy like Calvin Ridley, who very much in the Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen mold of things, who can get open just about against anybody. And then you've got Julio Jones on the other side. You've got Austin Hooper in the middle. You've got running backs that can catch the football. You just... I suspect this is a spot we're going to see Calvin Ridley doing some serious damage down the stretch. The only super red cell on the wide receiver side of the market this week, we just went through this a couple weeks ago with Marvin Jones, wide receiver Detroit Lions. This is a rinse-repeat cycle with him all year. It's the game we play like these other ones. You're always waiting for the big game with Marvin Jones. Try to sell high before he ghosts you for a few weeks. Um, anytime he comes off of a big game like he did this last week, it's time to sell Marvin Jones. He's an absolutely perfect candidate uh, to help accomplish uh, what we're trying to do uh, this week on the fantasy football trade market. On to the list of fantasy wide receivers here who are fine to keep, but also players that we are more than willing to sell high on and depart, you know, we're, we're, we're and to part with in order to obtain a more premium player down the stretch. Allen Robinson was a huge letdown and one of the sweetest spots of all of fantasy this last week against the Eagles. It was one reception for six yards at Philadelphia, who, by the way, is slowly improving against fantasy wide receivers over the course of the season. They were an absolute sieve to begin the year. Uh, he's basically, Allen Robinson is basically busted every other week on the season. I mean, depends on your definition of busted, but sub-average production every other week of the season for Allen Robinson at the very least is probably a nice way to characterize it. And, you know, as we just keep reminding you week after week on this podcast that Allen Robinson, in the end, he's a wide receiver too. And sometimes he's going to be a very low-end one. Uh, Fortunately, this week it is a great matchup for Allen Robinson uh, at Detroit, but then it is a horrible matchup in week 11 against Jalen Ramsey and the Los Angeles Rams. I'd be ready to get the hell out of the Allen Robinson business. Uh, if not this week, maybe next week. He looks like Detroit's a spot. He could have a big rebound in, but Allen Robinson, a player that he's marketable enough. We need to look at trying to package Allen Robinson with another good player and seeing if we can uh, climb the mountain a little bit to one of the bigger dogs in fantasy football. You know, can you use an Allen Robinson even to get up to an Odell Beckham or a Keenan Allen or a Devontae Adams? You know, do you want to get up to Keenan Allen with him? I think so. I think I'd still rather be invested in Phillip Rivers than, you know, Trubisky, you know, even though there's a few more options there. And and that's a little closer call. But, you know, can you use Allen Robinson to get up to an Odell Beckham, a Devontae Adams? You know, I certainly think that you can. Juju Smith-Schuster, 
Told you to sell high last week on a deploy on what was a declining snap count over the last three previous games before that from 92% to 85% to 74%. Let's see what Juju I'm using. I'm over on the snap counts, touches and targets tool at rosterwatch.com right now. Let's see what the snap count percentage was for Juju this last week. I know the production was a good, and again, all of this data that we talk about right here on the podcast, all this data that's baked into uh, this entire discussion, my examination, my analysis of the trade market every week, can all of that data comes from uh, the tools at rosterwatch.com. And one of those, one of the most popular ones amongst our community is the snap counts, touches, and targets tool where we can track, easily track the snap counts, touches, and targets for every player in fantasy uh, over every week of the entire season. So we saw Juju Smith-Schuster came with a 75 percent snap count this last week so he's a guy that's gone from 92 to 85 percent to 74 percent to 75 percent snap count over the last month that seems like he's really locking in there around 75 percent these last couple of weeks which seems to affirm that his snap counts have come down uh here recently for the pittsburgh steelers so we told you when we identified that trend last week good time to try to sell juju smith schuster of course being attached to Mason Rudolph makes this an unreliable situation. And, you know, but it was a bed stinker this last week. And now he's got a horrible matchup with Jalen Ramsey. So I'm not what you're sure what you can do to get out from underneath Juju right now. But if I can, I'm selling him high for a, a, a better player that I trust more down the stretch. And when I, and when I'm saying sell high with a guy like him, I think it just means that we're getting we're we're doing a deal where we're getting a really good player in return because I know that his you know his value is not obviously at its height right now but it's still selling high on this player if you're able to net somebody you really like in return. Stefan Diggs two catches for 16 yards last week. Uh, he's got Dallas this week, then Denver, then the bye in week 12. So you know not going to be the easiest uh, three weeks here for. For Stefan Diggs. However, it looks like Adam Thielen probably out another week here with after re-aggravating in pretty short order last week at Kansas City, the hamstring. I think you could still try to sell high on Stefan Diggs with that news, even coming off the bad outing. And I think you have to consider it. Um, because once again, with Stefan Diggs, this is another one of these players. This is the game we've been playing all year long. You're just waiting for the moment to sell him high, and then if you don't or aren't able to. He screws you. So at this point, we cannot afford to play him. Uh, you know, we cannot afford to play players that we don't trust every single week of the season the rest of the way, if we don't, unless we absolutely have to. So uh, this game that we've been playing with the Stefan Diggses of the world, that we've been playing with the Allen Robinsons of the world, that we've been playing uh, w- with the. Uh, Damian Williams of the world, Jordan Howards, the Miles Sanders, the Marvin Jones of the world. The jig is up, man. The jig is up. It's time to get out from all underneath all these guys right now. It's not a game we can afford to play in the fantasy playoffs. Tyrell Williams told you last week to sell him high if you could. Obviously, he's a fine keep if you've kept him on the season, basically, and... Uh, an anomaly of a low end wide receiver one, but it's been good. And then he went for just three for 48 this last week. So, you know, any wide receiver can bust any given week. Uh, 
but Tyrell Williams, always a guy we're looking to sell high for a better player if we can. Jarvis Landry, you know, another guy. You know, do you want to trust any of these? All of these guys are fairly marketable. They've had decent seasons. They're not horrible keeps, but you just don't totally trust any of these guys in a must-win situation. So why leave yourself in that position? You've got a few weeks uh, that represent your few less opportunities here to just get something done and improve your team. Why not? Why not put your efforts towards that at this point? Jarvis Landry, I think it was 13 targets this last week. Not huge production, but I think he's turning into a somewhat of a maybe sell high. He's kind of been pacing Odell Beckham recently. Anytime you do that, and you're Jarvis Landry, I think he's a guy we can sell high on. DK Metcalf. Uh, he's new to the trade market this week, and I think he could be used in a deal for a really big fish. Obviously, very, very happy to keep Metcalf a golden son of Roster Watch Nation. I mean, I went to his pro day. I filmed his pro day for all of you guys. You could go watch that footage uh, in the pro day library. I was live at Ole Miss uh, to take that pro day in with A.J. Brown, uh, and actually with Dawson Knox and Demarcus Lodge as well. Uh they're scouting these, you know, they're scouting these rookie wide receivers uh, through the NFL draft process for you guys. So they were way out in front. I mean, I predicted that DK Metcalf based on well, look, what I saw at his pro day was I've been to so many of these pro days at this point. I said, it, look, it wasn't a Mike Evans type pro day where he was just smooth as as butter and, and just as dominant as can be. But it was a heck of a pro day where you saw a lot of things and you said, like, this guy traditionally would be a first-round pick in the NFL. So very surprised that he fell almost to round three. I think it was pick 64, the very end of the second round that DK uh, Metcalf fell to. So a guy that we certainly admire as a player and are thrilled that he ended up in Seattle with Russell Wilson. I just think DK Metcalf is the perfect Seahawk and an excellent com- compliment uh, to a uh, Tyler Lockett. We do know Josh Gordon's coming in. I'm not really that worried about that for a DK Metcalf, but overall, a rookie that's been a little bit of a low-volume receiver, certainly a big play guy. I just think that DK Metcalf is a fine keep if you've, if you've, if you've had him. You've been more than thrilled with him, but he's playing well enough, and he's getting enough notoriety that I truly think DK Metcalf is a player that you can use right now to kind of... to uh, to target in a package deal with another good player, one better player in return that you're more comfortable with on a week-to-week base basis in your starting lineup uh, as we're gearing up for the fantasy playoffs. Emmanuel Sanders looks like a really good keep in San Francisco. That said, it's a run-first offense with a very big wide receiver by committee, and the fact is Sanders is still new to that team. As good as he looks, I'm happy to keep him. I certainly think this is a really good time to try to capitalize on Emmanuel Sanders' hype and see if you can use him as a uh, one of the chips to trade up for a bigger, better, more prolific player uh, down the stretch. Funny how fast life comes at you. It comes at you quick as hell, especially if you are a Carolina Panthers wide receiver. Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, they were kind of on the I don't buy low side of things the last couple of weeks, just in terms of not guys we were targeting, but players we were happy to take back and return in a deal if we needed an extra player to balance a deal out or if we were in a position where we were liquidating. Those were good players that we saw a little bit of a buy low 
uh, moment on. But now I might actually consider in very short order selling them high after they both had a pretty decent week on paper this last week. Uh, we've, we do know for sure that they're at Green Bay with Kyle Allen this week, uh, uh, continuing at quarterback rest of the season, as we have heard that Cam Newton now has gone to IR with the foot injury. And so, I mean, it's a pretty decent schedule rest of the way for these Panthers wide receivers uh, connected to Kyle Allen, who hasn't looked horrible. I just think as viable as they are, other than last week, it's really been hit or miss, you know, on a week-to-week basis. It's like a game of roulette choosing between the two. So as viable as Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are, I believe, down the stretch in fantasy, you know, I certainly think that those are two players I could – I wouldn't lose any sleep parting with them if it was in order to get a better player in in return. I Just not the kind of guys you really want to rely on as pure starters during your fantasy playoffs. Jamison Crowder coming off the nine-target, 83-yard touchdown game for the Jets. Look, he's got the same good schedule that we've been touting for Anderson and for Le'Veon Bell, so he could very well be a nice keep. But on the other hand, I think Jamison Crowder is a guy that like if you put him in a throw in and a deal right now, somebody would probably be pretty happy to be getting Jamison Crowder or feel like he's of value. So Jamison Crowder, absolutely a chip right now that I'm willing to toss in to try to put me over the top, even if I got a quote unquote overpay for one of the best players in all of fantasy football. As that's our number one objective, that's our number one instructive at this instructive at this point in the season as we are changing gears. Uh, through the uh, as the levels of the season of the trade market have escalated here towards the end. We're running out of time, and we're looking to bulk up, beef up our starting lineup uh, to a cartoonish level so that we have uh, must-start players from top to bottom of our starting lineup. Once we get to the fantasy football play- playoffs, we get the chips in there. Where we let, they, let them fall where they may, but we sure as hell go in there knowing that we're one of the damn favorites to take the whole damn thing down. Devontae Parker, uh, after we've gotten the news, of course, that Preston Williams, uh, his bookend at wide receiver for the Dolphins, has been lost to the season, the standout undrafted free agent rookie. Devontae Parker, the pretty clear and primary beneficiary of that loss, already a guy who's been really pretty damn good on paper in fantasy uh, in in recent weeks. I'd say, what, the last four to six weeks, Parker's been pretty darn good if you look back at his game log. So with a really quite not a good schedule on the horizon for Devontae Parker and no Preston Williams with Ryan Fitzpatrick back there uh, slinging the football, uh, he looks like a really – Pretty solid uh, ad on your team right now. If you picked him up on waivers or if you roster him, like you're pretty stoked about Devontae Parker. But that that hype is uh, you're not the only one that's aware of that or seeing that or or interested in that right now. Other folks are starting to realize that Devontae Parker they weren't buying that name. They had no interest in Devontae Parker for months, but now all of a sudden it looks like he may in fact. Uh, be a bona fide fantasy player here down the stretch. So if that's the case, if that is your the perception of him in your league, I would absolutely in two shakes of a lamb's tail uh, sell Devontae Parker high in a deal where I get somebody I trust uh, more uh, back in uh, in return. Then in even faster than two shakes of a lamb's tail, in a New York minute, I would take Chargers receiver Mike Williams – 
And I'd consider leveling up with him as well, too. Look, we, I like the two good matchups he has with Oakland and Kansas City the next two weeks before the bye. So if I'm a Mike Williams owner and I need to play him, I feel really good about getting him in uh, these next two weeks. And he did have the pretty big week this last week, 111 yards, but it was only on three three catches. And we just know that that thing it can be a carousel in any given week with the Chargers. So if you need him in a must win this week, I think he's a great keep in this matchup against Oakland. And then next week, again, probably fine with Kansas city. I just think anytime you get 111 game out of you have 111 yard game out of Mike Williams, it's good and looks good enough on paper that he becomes marketable enough that you could potentially sell him, especially with this kind of matchup on the horizon. So maybe if Mike Williams is a bench player for you or, uh, is just, you know, one of the guys that kind of makes up the depth on your roster. I mean, if you've got a must start this week uh, for you in a bad spot, you know, where you're when you're struggling, then I would look at taking Mike Williams and um, sending him. He'd be the perfect guy to package with somebody else and send to a struggling owner and just say, hey, look, there's two good. He coming off of a good game. He's got two good matchups here in a row. It helps you get wins. Right now, I'll give you another good player back in return, but I'm going to need you know one of your one of your good players uh, to get this deal done. One of your really good players. <laughs> uh, it comes to the wide receiver side of the Week Ten trade market, the fantasy football trade market. Guys like Robert Woods, Terry McLaurin, Adam Thielen, T.Y. Hilton, Kenny Galladay, D.J. Chark, and Cortland Sutton have all come off of the trade market. Uh, Robert Woods was a buy on his buy last week, but with the news that Cooks is out for a while and with their buy in the rearview mirror, I'd say Robert Woods is no longer really going to be in many trade discussions this week. Terry McLaurin uh, has the week 10 buy this week and then an absolute disaster at quarterback going on right now. So he's off the trade market. If you weren't able to sell high on him last week, as we told you to do before that matchup with Buffalo, before the situation with the quarterback completely devolved. Adam Thielen, I think he's just kind of on hold in most leagues right now, as is T.Y. Hilton. Those guys have some nagging injuries. Kenny Galladay was a guy that I was more than happy to keep. We saw him as the stud that he was. This is a player we've scouted at Lions training camp over the last couple of years that we've been very, very high on. I did think there was a chance, given his profile and his relatively low target volume that Kenny Galladay was in fact a potential sell high if you could do it to get up to the right player. But at some point you ask yourself, like if I'm going to sell high on a guy, how high can I sell? I mean, how much, how much higher of the mountain can I climb? Who, who out there is really all that better? And when you ask yourself that question about Kenny Galladay right now, it's a very short list. So I find it unlikely that Kenny Galladay is any longer on the trade market. I'd say he's a flat out keep. And then we have DJ Chark and Cortland Sutton encountering the week 10 by uh, both uh, putting both of them on ice here for at least the next week. Then over on the tight end position, I was begging you guys that were in tight end purgatory to get after Zach Ertz the last two weeks while he was a rare buy low, even though we may not think of him as a truly elite tight end uh, rest of the season anymore. Zach Ertz rebounded in a big, big way and has certainly uh, heading into the bye no longer will be in trade discussions for this week. And then kind of last but not least here, uh, before maybe we give a few summary 
examples of trades that we might consider making is one player I was really, really hoping to showcase for you guys on this trade cast. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to work out for us, but I want to put it out there just in case there's still a rare opportunity in any of our leagues for this move, because this is, this would be, um, this would be an absolutely nuclear move for our uh, fantasy playoffs. And that would be to sniff around Patrick Mahomes in our league. You know, I was hoping last week I was, it looked like he may still be out until closer to the bye. So I was hoping that last week, uh, the idea was that this week a bunch of us were going to potentially try to get in on Patrick Mahomes. Um, Cause last week he really only would have been a target for the teams operating from a position of luxury. Uh, I was hoping we were going to get him out for one more week and make his owners struggle a little bit more. And then this week we're going to have this move available to all the competitive teams and the teams operating from a position of luxury and really open this thing up for you guys. I mean, we always talk about uh, never overpaying for quarterbacks on this uh, uh, podcast. And Patrick Mahomes would be the rare exception to that rule. So we wanted, we didn't want to muddy the waters for long with this move because it doesn't really align with our typical strategy. But this is a very, very uh, special case we were hoping might come to fruition uh, this week. It looks like that opportunity that we're hoping for may have evaporated uh, with a very probable comeback in the making this week uh, for Patrick Mahomes. But guys, somehow if Patrick Mahomes is available in your league, it's at least worth a quick look at the circumstances surrounding the team that owns him. Uh, he's got a buy coming up in two weeks in week 12. Uh, we maybe will get one more chance at the wire in our trade deadline. If we have a trade deadline that goes that late in our league, uh, maybe we'll have one more crack as he's heading into that buy, but I just don't think so. So this is the one time, one type of player I'd ever recommend you guys to even consider trading for overpaying for a quarterback. Of course, this would only be if you're absolutely flush with uh, lavish assets that you could pull this type of move off, especially with the news that Mahomes is probably coming back. But, you know, maybe there's a guy who's losing in your league and there's some circumstances are aligning to where you, um, maybe you have two really excellent quarterbacks on your, um, on your targets roster and maybe you can get him to cough up uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, if because he's got he's developed the depth at quarterback and you are offering him a boatload of skill players uh, that would really help his starting uh, you know lineup best case scenario though is if you have a good quarterback on your roster you take your quarterback plus one like middling running back one or middling wide receiver one package those two guys together and try to hunt down Mahomes that way if if by some rare and unusual circumstance he is available in your league that would be an absolute game changer guys can you take the Derrick Henry's and the Juju Smith Schuster's of the world and get yourself up to an Alvin Kamara this week can you take the Devin uh, Singletary's and the David Montgomery's and get yourself up to 
a Leonard Fournette type player who's on a bye this week? Can you take an Allen Robinson and a Tyrell Williams and get up to an Odell Beckham or uh, maybe a slightly lesser deal for a Keenan Allen? You know, can you take a can you take a Aaron Jones and throw in a Emmanuel Sanders, get up to Zeke Elliott or Saquon Barkley? These are the types of trades that need to be coming into focus for all of you this week, uh, Roster Watch Nation. Uh, this is going to make the difference down the stretch. I can promise you that. And I can also promise you much, much more of this to come every year at Roster Watch as we continue to grow our community and uh, we continue to be on the front lines for all of Roster Watch Nation and all of their fantasy teams 365 days a year. We absolutely could not do out any of this without you guys. And it's the growing, so growing support of this community that's enabling us to provide more and more of the best fantasy football intelligence in the industry year-round from the NFL draft all the way through our fantasy football championships uh, for you guys. And so with that, I'd kindly ask that each and one, each one of you take just one minute to please subscribe, rate, and review the Roster Watch podcast on Apple Podcasts. When you rate us, leave a glowing review and a five-star rating. And please follow us on Twitter at Roster Watch and support us with a pro subscription at rosterwatch.com. Look forward to joining you guys once again next week. This is Byron Lambert on behalf of rosterwatch.com. And until next time, so long, Roster Watch Nation.